Hi, welcome to Habits and Hope, and thank you for joining us today, this morning, or whenever you are, for the Bible reading as we are working our way through the Bible right now together until I kind of feel convicted to do otherwise, um, trying to help you get in that habit and, and just to feel more comfortable. So we finished chapter, or the book of James yesterday. Um, there's only five chapters in it. So, um, now we're in first Peter and the author is Peter. (laughs) Um, and he is definitely one of my favorite people in the Bible because I feel like I relate to him the most. Um, it says that the purpose is to um, encourage suffering Christians. And again, the millionth time they really weren't called Christians at that time. But, um, for those suffering for the believer, the believers in Christ, um, Peter was probably in Rome, it says under the great persecution, under great persecution under Emperor Nero, um, throughout the Roman empire, Christians were being tortured and killed for their faith and the church in Jerusalem was being scattered. Um, the key verse is these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. It says key places are Jerusalem, Rome, and the regions of Pontus, Galatia, um, Cappadocia, Asia Minor, and Bethania. If I slaughtered any of those, I apologize. Um, It says Peter used several images that were very special to him because Jesus had used them when he had revealed certain truths to Peter. Peter's name, which means rock, had been given to him by Jesus. Peter's conception of the church, a spiritual house composed of living stones built upon Christ as the foundation, had become had come from Christ himself. So so he's he's like, you know, in some ways Jesus is right hand man for quite some time. He was super close to Jesus. Jesus then encouraged Peter to care for the church as a shepherd tending the flock. Thus, it is not surprising to see Jesus using living stones and shepherds and sheep to describe the church. Um, more on the description, it says, I'm just reading this straight out of the, um, life application portion, um, in the New Living Translation, (laughs) just as if you want to follow along or whatever. Crushed, overwhelmed, devastated, torn, these waves of feelings wash over those who suffer, obliterating hope and threatening to destroy them. Suffering has many forms, physical abuse, debilitating disease, social ostracism, persecution, the pain and anguish tempt a person to turn back, to surrender, to give in. Many first century followers of Christ were suffering and being abused and persecuted for believing in and obeying Jesus. Beginning in Jerusalem at the hands of their Jewish brothers, the persecution spread to the rest of the world, wherever Christians gathered. A climax when Rome determined that no to oh sorry, determined to rid the empire of the Christ ones, who would not bow to Caesar. Peter knew persecution firsthand. Beaten and jailed, he had been threatened often. He had also seen fellow Christians die and the church scattered. But he knew Christ, and nothing could shake his confidence in his risen Lord. So Peter wrote to the church, scattered and suffering for the faith, giving comfort and hope and urging continued loyalty to Christ. Peter begins by thanking God for salvation. He explains to his readers that trials will refine their faith. 
They should believe in spite of their circumstances, for many in past ages believed in God's plan of salvation. Even the prophets of old who wrote about it but didn't understand it. But now salvation had been revealed in Christ. In response to such salvation, Christ commands them to live holy lives, to reverently fear and trust God, and to be honest and loving and to become like Christ. Jesus Christ, as the living cornerstone stone upon whom the church is to be built, is also the stone that was rejected, causing those who are obedient to stumble and fall. But the church built upon this stone is to be God's royal priesthood. Next, Peter explains how believers should live during difficult times. Christians should be above reproach, imitating Christ in all their social roles, masters and servants, husbands and wives, church members and neighbors. Christ should be our model for obedience to God in the midst of suffering. Peter then outlines the right attitude to have about persecution. Expect it, be thankful for the privilege of suffering for Christ, and trust God for deliverance. Next, Peter gives some special instructions. Elders should care for God's flock. Young men should be submissive to those who are older, and everyone should trust God and resist Satan. Peter concludes by introducing Silas and by sending personal greetings, possibly from the church in Rome and from Mark. When you suffer for doing what is right, remember you're following Christ. Sorry, that following Christ is a costly commitment. When persecuted for your faith, rejoice that you have count, been counted worthy to suffer for your Lord. He suffered for us. As his followers, you should expect nothing less. As you read First Peter, remember that trials will come to refine your faith. When they come, remain faithful to God. Um, it also says, um, well, let's see. Oh, kind of, that kind of is repetitive. So let's move into um, the reading for today is, of course, the first book of First Peter. So I'll start in verse 1, and I'll break it up a little bit. Um, this part, first part is greetings from Peter. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm still reading, actually, in the scripture. <laughs> I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. And I'll just pause there for a moment and just remind you that we were all chosen um, and that he has made us holy. And I just love that he finds that they, what they need most is grace and peace, I feel like, because he asked them, you know, God to give more and more of that to them. And I think we all do. <laughs> I think peace is something that we probably all long for the most. Um, okay, so the next section is the hope of eternal life, and that starts in verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. This is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a while, for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. 
You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, impressible, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about the gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or the situation the Spirit of Christ within him in them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that the messages were not for themselves but for you, and now his good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. And I love how he's talking about, um, I'm pausing there, that was um, ending on Let's see, verse 12. Um, but just talking about great expectation and a priceless inheritance, just focusing on the joy, inexpressible joy, um, and how basically blessed we are that we are living in the times that we know and understand the salvation um, versus those that only knew about it and were not going to see it. And just reminding us, you know, just how blessed we are to have that salvation Um and I think it's part of that encouragement in it. Okay, so the next part is a call to holy living. And that starts in verse 13. So think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as Christ, as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. But the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Though Christ, you have come through Christ, you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart, for you have been born again, not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And the word is the good news that it was preached to you. And that ends um, the first book of First Peter. Um, but going back to um, exercising first um, self-control and... Um, of course, is is a is a big theme, um, and being obedient to what God's word is, but I love how it also says that, um, you know, of course it's going to be easier for us to all recognize it and so forth when Christ is revealed to everyone. But right now, you know, if you're living in the world and obeying Christ, there's going to be a lot of people around you who don't understand that because Christ has not been revealed to them and they don't understand it. So they are that you might ridicule you or just, you know, why don't you just follow your own heart and all this other stuff. But it's reminding us that we were set apart and we were supposed to be holy. But um, let's see, there was one part where it said, oh, that we are foreigners in the land. So now we are living in the world 
as Christ followers, it's like being in a foreign land. That's how I kind of took that. Um, and and, I, and I'm sure you can kind of feel like it, that like, it's like you don't fit into the customs around you in, in that case. And you shouldn't because we should be set apart. But it reminding us that he paid a ransom that was much more precious than gold or silver. It was the blood of Christ and he was sinless. He had done no wrong. Um, but he was chosen for your ransom long before the world began. If it was only you, it was you and only you, he would have still done it. Um, but we have the joy of having it revealed to us and just reminding us that, you know, we're like the grass and flowers that, that fade. We are not forever, but in Christ, we have eternal life with our faith, um, with true faith and dependence on him. So that concludes that introduction and first book of first Peter. So I hope you have a blessed day and hope to see you again tomorrow.